Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by BodyBio. Use code RTRS20 at BodyBio.com for 20% off everything. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at BigBarker.com slash Ricky. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, home of the Surfside Vodka Tea and the sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers end yet another regular season as the four seed will take on the Toronto Raptors in the first round. Minus one player for the road games. We'll talk about that matchup. Maybe give away some regular season grades. Doc Rivers has a, 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 a fit, almost, about Paul Reed having a good game. And it doesn't look like Joel Embiid's going to win MVP, but that's... Uh, that's okay with Seth, for, with us. Just something that we can we can uh, be annoyed about over the next several years and exact revenge over. I did mention stateside vodka, home of the Surfside iced tea and vodka. Only a hundred calories, just sweet enough, not carbonated. They're also going to have very soon. It was going to be up at maybe by by the time you're listening to this pod on Tuesday morning, it will be available. They're doing a special with a bottle of stateside and two rocks glasses. One with the playoff motherfucker logo and one with the regular season bitch logo. I believe it will be the big bottle of stateside and the two rocks glasses for $49.99. So by the time you're listening to this Tuesday morning, it's probably on the website. If not, check our Twitter or something. Statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21 to consume it, 21 to buy it. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's going to say it for you real slow, so we're all clear. That is one Mike Levin. I was very upset yesterday when I saw that. Can we just start with that? I think we should. Okay. I think between the, between the Matisse press conference and the doc decision-making tree and quotes uh, after the game, it, it, I really... Doc it would Rivers be so, a, such a relief to, re, to root for the Raptors to win. How much better would my life be <laughs> if, they if just I was won. just like rooting for the Raptors? <laughs> rooting for the Raptors, the end. But I, I do. I love uh, Maxi and Embiid and a couple other yeah. guys too much to do that. So Doc Rivers is just a real fucking asshole, it seems like. Uh, not only makes questionable decisions, but real stubborn fucking asshole. And several times in press conferences over the last couple of years has been a real, just kind of been a real asshole. So on the, the last pod, Mike went into a legendary meltdown for about 32 straight minutes. And I think, I think as, as time goes on, it will become one of the, the cornerstone episodes of the Ricky is the meltdown over B-Ball and B-Ball Paul not playing. I, you had no idea. I was tweeting at Daryl. I was tweeting at Doc Rivers. Had no idea what was happening. And in the very next game, or two games later, very next game, maybe, B-Ball Paul got some minutes. And then, then in the final game of the season, he had 25 points on 14 shots. What was he, 12 of 14? Just has a fucking great game, B-Ball Paul. And he gets asked by Derek Bodner, about the game, Doc Rivers gets asked about B-Ball Paul's game after the game, and Doc Rivers just has a fucking hissy fit. Can we uh, see the video, CJ? Hear the audio as well, if you're a podcaster. Here we go. 
Let me clarify this one more time for everybody who struggles with this. When there's a small lineup, I'm going to say it's slow so we can all pick it up. We'll play smaller with Paul. When there's a big five, you play bigger with DJ. Do we all have that now? Up until the last three games, yeah. that hasn't been the case. I'm asking... We got, well, up until the last three games, look at who we've been playing. Just look at it. They've had big fives in. Okay, so against big fives, uh, because of fouling, we like DJ. Do you understand that? We have a whole coaching staff who, I'm just going to guess, knows a little bit more. And they watch every game. They watch every practice. We believe against big five, DJ is good for us. We believe against smalls, Paul. Could we play Paul with a big five? Yeah, you could. You may get in foul trouble early in a playoff game, which could swing a game. I've been around a long time. Hmm. Trust that. All it right. is. So, okay. He's, he lied, first of all. Just the, There's so many incorrect, factually incorrect things on top of how much of a dickhead he is over the course of that. I mean, since he's been here, he's been a fucking dickhead. This is the most egregious one because it's it's like him being a dickhead about something that he was being a dickhead about. So it's just like a double down. It's like dickhead to the second degree because well, he says he is lying. Like, yes, he hasn't played. There were months that went by without him playing Paul Reed months and, and his statement that against smaller fives, we just we play Paul Reed. No, you don't. It's not. Oh. It's not true. It's, it's not true. Like also, what year does what year does Doc think it is that there's just these like big lumbering Rick Smitzes and Jeff Fosters? I'm just naming Pacers. Why? Like, what? What's going <laughs> on? Like, there's most bigs. There, Dale like, Davis. There's very very few big men that aren't either extremely versatile like switchable think like a nick claxton type who can defend out on the perimeter or at least shoot the three on the offensive end and stretch out the defense deandre jordan is one of i would say like seven nba players right now who either can't shoot the three and also can't defend out to the three he is a fossil and he's also not giving a fuck right now there were several plays since he got here and during especially during the last couple games when when paul was looking good doing b-ball paul stuff where deandre is just like fully not giving a shit absolutely exposed effort wise everything so the idea that there's so many big matchups that deandre jordan is just so necessary for that Paul Reed simply can't hold up for is nonsense. He's living in a fantasy world of 1995. The second thing is, how many fucking minutes do we think that Paul Reed is going to play in the playoffs where foul trouble is going to be an issue? He could use up all six in every he game. He could use up all six in, in, in the first half. It would right. be totally fine. And then, Doc, guess what? You get to play your boy, DeAndre. You get to play your guy. Congratulations, my friend. Like, that is not an excuse. It's not an excuse. DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed are going to play maximum 10 non-garbage time minutes in the playoffs. A lot of times, I would say maybe less, mm -hmm. especially as it gets deeper into the playoffs. If Joel stays healthy, and right now he's, you know, knock on wood, knock on everything, as he's played more minutes this season than he ever has. So By he the feels way, good. All, all he would have to do, if, if there is something that we're not seeing, right? Because this happens in press conferences a lot when, when players or coaches explain something. All he would have to do, if he's seeing something that nobody else is seeing, whether it be in practice yeah. or scrimmages or even in games, say, hey, look, Love Paul works hard. Here's why he's not playing. But to just say he is playing... And then to come up with a bad reason yeah. as to why he doesn't play, he yeah. isn't playing. That That's why, that's the whole problem. Cleveland, they don't have a backup five right now. They don't even have one. They're playing Kevin Love as backup yeah. five. Yes. They're, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to go through every single point. So he does, 
Yes. So he hasn't been playing him, like objectively true. And it's it's very clear when he talks about B-Ball Paul, he resents him. Mm -hmm. Like Doc has taken the way that the media and fans and whoever, and probably one like dorky assistant coach that he was forced to hire, the fact that they're like, hey, B-Ball Paul, please, he's better look at the on off numbers like look he's better like we're playing he can do all these things deandre can't do them he takes that to mean like now he's offended by it he's offended by it and he's doubling down and going like no matter what happens deandre jordan could cost us a playoff series he could cost me my job and i and i will and i will ride with him no matter what because i'm such a stubborn asshole that i'm not at this point, playing playing B-Ball Paul is admitting I'm wrong. And he is. He was wrong all season. He was incredibly wrong. He was wrong when, by the way, Andre Drummond played pretty well when he was here, played better than I thought he would, um, is certainly a way better player than DeAndre Drummond. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, similar <laughs> names. And, and, and Doc was wrong to not play B-Ball Paul then for the simple reason that you never know what you're going to need in the playoffs. Like, you just don't. Like, you don't know what situation. DeAndre, like, Andre Drummond against a small lineup, as we're going to see with Brooklyn, is going to be exposed. Like, the regular season is too long. There are too many games. Mo many of them don't matter. But a benefit of that is that you get to play some players over the course of time and get to see what you have in them and see, like, okay, in the playoffs, we have this flexibility. Paul Reed, no matter who was here, whether it's DeAndre Jordan or, or or Paul Millsap or anybody else, like the benefit of him of like he should have played more all season long because he's very clearly a talented player and a unique player that plays his ass off, that is super long, that is an absolute terror on the offensive glass, that gets out in transition, gets his hands in place. Like he is a unique player. I'm not saying he's perfect. Like he is absolutely weird, and sometimes he like does spin moves into nothing. Like he definitely fouls too much, a hundred percent. But like could, it, this whole season was malpractice on Doc for not playing him more when time after time we've seen Joel Embiid's backups fail and fail and fail in the playoffs and not giving like an opportunity to somebody that's not like a big stiff that can't shoot and now also can't defend is an indictment on Doc and he should be fired. Like his failure to admit this stuff and and throw assistants under the bus also by the way imagine being an assistant that all year that's been that's been <laughs> yeah. begging him to play Paul Reed and he's like i have assistants here that are like they watch a lot of games and somebody's got to be like yeah doc we've been fucking telling you to play Paul Reed for 6 months it's and he did that with Ty Lue back in in LA also he i mean he's just a huge dickhead like a massive <laughs> massive dickhead all the time and it's also like if you're if you're B-ball Paul, you we feel like shit I, now. Which I like, like to shit. imagine that I am B-ball Paul. Yeah, I, I would love to have that energy with me. I'm, I'm nothing like anything about him, but I love him and everything he stands for. Even his <laughs> even his tweets from 2013 um, when he was like 11 or whatever. Um, like do, you're a second year player that was drafted at the end of the second round, and to have your coach say like we're not doing a B-ball Paul victory tour. Like, what a fucking asshole. Like, I'm like I'm Paul Reed. I'm trying to get better. I'm working on the things. I know I'm weird. I know I play weird. I'm I'm getting all this input all the time. And to be told, like, oh yeah, my coach is so stubbornly against me that he would rather like just fight pick a Derek fight Bodner. about me and fight with Derek Bodner <laughs> yeah. than like just say like, hey, yeah, Paul's actually gotten a lot better and, and we like him now. So like we'll see based on matchup, but like we really like Paul. I probably should have played him a little bit more sooner, but like he's really earned it and I'm, I'm proud of him. Like now it feels like Doc is against Paul. And like if I'm him, like I can't wait to play for a different coach. We, we got an email from AJ who said, no questions here. I just want to say that it's pretty clear Doc was playing B-ball in order to show that he couldn't handle the backup job. Then when the plan backfires because B-ball is such a clear upgrade, Doc lashed out at Bodner for pointing out how wrong Doc has been the entire time. Yeah, the whole time. Only the whole on time. the Sixers would we have to deal with this level of stupidity and pettiness. The whole time. His it's, nickname it's, is B-ball. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a real joke. And, and, and obviously, like the teams that Paul Reed's played against the past couple games— have been Shit. horrendous teams, especially the second unit guys that Paul Reed's playing against for the most part. Like, it's not an example that Paul Reed should be starting somewhere.
but like he can clearly play and he's clearly better than DeAndre Jordan. It's not close. It right now is not like it is not like functionally close. DeAndre Jordan arguably is the worst rotation player in the league right now. I just there's nothing that he can do. He can catch a lob occasionally. Like that's it. There's nothing and Paul Reed can do that. Like there's just nothing that DeAndre Jordan's better than, than him that. And it's uh it's really frustrating. I I was you know, I when 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 Doc signed here pre Daryl um I feel like you were pretty negative about it, right? Yeah. I was it this is fine, I guess. I think it's yeah. my reaction. Alyssa was laughing because she has always hated Doc and thought he was a bad coach. So she was making fun of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's probably gonna be fine. I was like, he's a veteran coach, he's established. The Sixers haven't had that kind of coach come here since like Larry Brown, basically, who I also didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like It'll after the years of like chaos that that they had, this is maybe a stabilizing force. But man, he's such a dickhead. He's such a such a dickhead. Like, I the idea that like Derek Bodner or or anybody couldn't like just ask a arrange a rotation. Like, it's not hard to p- pick ten guys to play. Like, that's not the difficult part of being in that of being a head coach. Like, if he's saying like, yeah, we're diagramming plays and stuff, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm probably not the best guy for that. I'll trust your assistant coaches. But to be like, hey, can I should I play this guy or this guy? And you go like, I actually watch the games. It's like, yeah, you're a fucking you're the head coach of the teams. Of course, of course, you watch the games, Doc. No one's out here saying you don't watch the games. They're just saying you're making decisions based on your own ego and vanity and. You're a fossil from you know the '90s that just refuses to grow and has you know blown the f- same the same three one leads over and over again. Anyway, like I, I was I was I would say middle on Doc, but as people got more negative, I was like, it's still probably fine. It's still probably fine. But at this point, man, God, fuck him, get out of here. He blows. He blows. He does. I suck. can't. I can't find a thing. I can't find a thing to like about it anymore. I'm. Yeah. I'm just. I'm losing it. You can you just don't shit on the fucking fifty eighth, fifty eighth pick that that B ball Paul yeah, was, and like for no and reason. he's and he's like grown into like a really interesting player who like tries hard, tries his ass off, has the best nickname in sports. Like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I was really mad yesterday. I was doing the podcast in my head. <laughs> I was way worse than I. I was you way said, meaner than I am right now. It was just you, like oh, you call him a dickhead like twenty five times. That's not enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm blown away that there can be contentious moments in press conferences for sure. There are tough moments or whatever. But and I know this sounds this is sound ridiculous, but like everybody's all in this together. It's just fucking showbiz you know what i mean like it's it's games and sports and coaches and media and i would say that the sixers media is generally incredibly fair and respectful in person it they're not like animals like the eagles reporters can be animals sometimes they're they're, everybody's fine everybody has to see each other after every game and i just like there's no reason why you can't just give an answer and if you're such a smart basketball guy you could make you could make Derek look like a fucking idiot you could just by telling him the right thing instead of saying repeating over and over again that you and your staff watch all the basketball, whereas Derek only watches some of the basketball. Well, it, it's also, also not, not like not true. It's not like the question was, "Hey, fuckface, <laughs> don't you feel like a big dumb idiot now?" And if it was, then I could, I get why you'd be like, you know, hey man, that's upsetting. <laughs> but like, it was a normal face. question, be like, "Hey, this guy played really, really well for a couple games." When we're all watching DeAndre Jordan play like shit, and the only thing he's doing well is like, literally, if he's standing under the basket, sometimes the ball bounces to him on defense. I'm just imagining Rob King's face and Dave Schaller's face when Derek raises his hand. And he goes, should. Hey, hey, fuck face. Derek should. Derek is owed after that bullshit. I hope someone apologized to Derek. Not that you know Derek's fine. He can handle this. But like yeah, Derek but I mean, should be owed he one doesn't. hey fuck face to die yeah. like yeah. sometime in the playoffs. Like he should be owed it, and Doc should be like, I I deserve that. Uh, sponsor, Body Bio. Body Bio says, "Hey, fuckface, hey, dickhead." Body Bio is a <laughs> supplement company from right here in the uh, Delaware Valley, South Jersey, is where Body Bio is from. I live in Jersey now too. Body Bio is great, family owned, fa- family operated supplement company, and. 
that's good for supplements because if it's a big, huge company, first of all, you don't even know if you're buying their supplements. They could just be white label on the product. But the second thing is it's hard for them to change. But Body Bio changes on a dime. Use the code RTRS20 for 20% off any of the products from Body Bio that we've mentioned. Elite, liposomal vitamin C, and the one that I've mentioned the most recently, Butyrate, is the only gut supplement you need. Only gut supplement you need. Your body makes Butyrate. Um, but doesn't make enough of it. So what Body Bio does is they make a, a version called sodium butyrate. And if you're not sure which one to take, you can read up on their website, but that one is pretty much the, the fail safe. And take, take two pills after every meal. And that bloat that you feel all day long, you eat lunch at work, you feel bloated the rest of the day, the bloat that you feel will be gone. You will be regular. The, you even, the, the bloat, I'm talking about not just feeling it, looking it, you will see a difference. Use butyrate. It is uh, safe. You're, as I said, your body makes it. It's just giving you the right amount of it. A postbiotic, the only gut supplement you need. Use code RTRS20 at bodybio.com for 20% off anything. I'm telling you, give it a try. You will thank me for it. Bodybio.com, RTRS20. Um, I'm still hmm. mad. You, you have, have every right to be. Um you want to do now do you want to do i wanted to like wrap up regular season talk a little bit about the raptor series which one do you want to do well let's let's just talk really quickly about the pistons game because paul sure. reed was quite good and that's yes. cool and he had points. not not only had 25 points on 14 shots he also had four steals he blocked a couple shots there were a couple ticky tack foul calls like yeah he fouls too much like like a lot of isaiah jackson on indiana also fouls too much like but they're exciting young players that are like learning how to figure it out like backup centers foul too much all the time that's anyway. like exactly especially guys that like block shots and get on the perimeter like he's going to do that and that's fine and that's why he's not going to play 30 minutes a game in the playoffs if he plays nine then you're then you're happy if he plays if he plays nine even minutes especially against the raptors which we can talk about is like such a win instead he's going to probably play deandre a game or two or he's going to pull paul after like one play and then and then let deandre just like run amok with his fucking sludge sludge play it's sludge is what it is and it's just uh i i i have i've never had a tolerance for coaches just deferring to veterans because they you know are closer in age to them because like functionally he's just not there there's just no reason for it aside from like ah this guy's annoying to talk to and i'm like going to teach him a lesson of like what it's like to be older like he's just a dickhead about it but like especially when they're like way 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 worse deandre is way worse than paul reed at this point you don't I get can't get over it you don't get to carry the fouls from one game to the next no no if, if you only have three one game you don't get nine the next game no. i'd rather B-ball Paul use every foul he can in the playoffs. And and imagine, also imagine, like, D we have been here, Derek is, and us and everybody that's listening to the podcast has been here longer than Doc. So, like, when we say, hey, backup center's an issue and you're playing a fucking shitty one, go watch previous years when the backup center lost us playoff series. Several of them. Check it out. They, they should, one of your many staff of people that watch basketball should be able to get, like, to pull the tape for you, Doc. Like, it's just like really deeply fucking frustrating. And I want the players on the team to band together to either slap Doc in the face or at least win in spite of him. Like, or maybe like in Varsity Blues in the halftime, they they all turn on him and he, he walks out. And yeah. who coaches them? Who, who's the player? Bebo Paul? <laughs> Bebo Paul? Who's the one on the team who knows most about Bebo? Maybe it's the one with Bebo in his name. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Or Danny. Danny would be a funny, a funny coach. Danny would yeah. be like, ah, I don't feel like playing. Somebody else get in there. I don't trust him to not talk shit on players on his podcast. <laughs> That's, so. true. That's, That's true. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Shake Shake was also awesome. Yeah, and has 30. been has been pretty good lately. He has. Um, he definitely won that the uh, quiet tournament. The for very sure. extremely quiet tournament. One of the yeah. quietest. Um, but it was cool. So it's cool to see him like get that and feel good about himself and stuff and. Just a little, little more confidence. He's, he's still not the shooter that I believe him to be. Um, maybe he has smoker's arms. Maybe he needs to just put on actual, actual muscle and those things. But uh, as he doesn't far as... shoot the same way. His, I mean, his, his, his Twitter name is Sniper. His, his defining characteristic when he got into the league was that 
he was a good shooter. And you watch him now, and it's like they gave him the ball that is three times heavier than the regular ball when yeah. he's shooting it. There's something looks wrong. I can't figure it out. But he did. He has over the last few weeks. He has looked pretty good. Yeah, he's getting to the rim Playable. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, nobody was guarding anyone in the Detroit game, but he kept getting to the rim. He's got his little mid-range down. Um, he has a little chicken wing where he gets some, most of the time they don't call an offensive foul on it that he uses to create some space. He's good at like those like awkward, weird step uh, little floaters and stuff. So, um, so another guy that, you know, we'll talk about the series, but especially without Matisse, like he's going to need to play some minutes and he's going to need to like be a threat off the catch. He's going to be able to like, if he if guys close out on him, he's going to be able to need to drive by him and, and make some things happen and throw the occasional lob and stuff. It's he's it's super helpful that he's that good because Corkman is just like even even against Detroit, another one of seven from three. Like he's just he's just he's just gone. He's just out, which is sad. So the Sixers wrap up the regular season with fifty one wins, not bad. The four seed they actually end up tied for I mean record wise, all the second two three four were all tied right, mm-hmm. and with Boston ending up two. Um, Milwaukee three and the Sixers four. Do you have a uh, obviously Embiid with an MVP season gets a hard to give him anything but an A plus for the season, right? Um, I was trying to think of, I mean, right? I mean, you'd give him, I mean, you keep oh, yeah, improving, right? Uh, I was trying to, I was thinking about how he only got season. injured. We should say just to oh, yeah. specify, like, he missed COVID. some games this year, but almost all of them except for like two or like two to five games, like, were because of COVID, like, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't miss game because he was like out with a like knee sprain or whatever it is. It was he had COVID, and otherwise he's been an extremely healthy player this year. It's been a really interesting season for Tobias Harris. I, you know, like he, he he didn't even play well. He had some good games, but I don't think he played particularly well pre-Harden. And then the first three or four games with Harden, he looked fucking terrible. I think overall for performance, you give him like a C plus or a B minus. But I think his the way that he's shifted his game and the way that he's played recently, if you were to grade him on effort and change and evolution over the last few weeks, he has shown more than I expected of him. You know, he's been a fine season, a normal Tobias Harris season, but he has evolved and bought in at least on the court, maybe not mentally bought in, but he has bought in with his play more than I thought he would have. Uh, Yes, I agree with that. I am terrified that he's going to revert back to old Tobias. I'm sure um, as he as he did in the Detroit game, it was like, oh, Harden and Embiid's not playing. OK, I am not taking a three. Yeah. <laughs> he took zero threes in 24 minutes. Pretty remarkable. Three of 10 from the field. Uh, no foul That's shots. The system. So, you know, I'm worried it's going to happen. He's looked he has absolutely looked good on the offensive end as a catch and shoot guy uh, accepting his role. He has looked good. Um on ball defense off ball still nothing there he's just not bending down guy hasn't bent down not not diving for anything not getting on the ground not anticipating anything it's never gonna happen but i'm worried it's gonna come back because that's who he is he's gonna revert back to it guy i mean the the amount of post-ups that tobias harris gets Mm -hmm. usually you know not as much anymore but the amount of like how many post-ups he gets and how few free throws he gets out of him it's such a strange it's a strange combination of like I'm sure some people think Tobias Harris is a very physical player because he is big and he is strong, but he doesn't use that size or strength to get almost anywhere ever. And so it's wild to see him like, oh, he's going to take, you know, TJ or Killian Hayes or Frank Jackson into the post. Here it comes. And he's going to take a like fadeaway where he doesn't get much like separation like 16 footer and he's What's, and a lot of times he's going to come up short like he airballed like a five foot fadeaway the other day it was like he shouldn't be doing that he needs to know that he's not he's not that person it's always funny when he gets compared to mellow because he's really like mellow's strong mellow's a strong guy like a a, a strong offensive rebounder a, and a incredibly willing three-point shooter you know his i think it's just a headband it's like he kind of looks like him physically, I guess, but he's not really like him at all. Maxi obviously gets an A. Oh yeah, uh, A plus plus, incredible, yeah. a leap like we we haven't seen really. I don't think mm-hmm. ever. Um, 
everybody else, and you know, like it, it, it's not even interesting. Great, Nyang was was good for for what he was, and I thought it was like a B plus season for him. I don't think he could have expected more out of George Nyang. Uh, it was a weird season for Danny Green, who appears to have years after losing a couple of steps, lost yet another step mm. and still is probably the second best perimeter defender on the team. I mean, almost definitely the second best perimeter defender on the team and and the most willing corner three-point shooter on the team. So we've always talked about players who are too important for the Sixers, who always seem to have three of them every year, yeah. who you wish weren't so important, and Danny Green is one of those. And and sort of a lost season for both. Shake can recover it, but a lost season for Korkmaz and uh, and Shake. Shake still has the time. Cork just a, a strange season from beginning to end. Yeah, there are at least a few games that Shake looked good and like helped out. Korkmaz, I can't remember the last good game he had. Like it was no. a really, really horrendous season for him. And they still well, got him for a couple. Of, you know, maybe he's salary matching type thing in a, in a trade this off season or something. But yeah. Not, not looking good. And Isaiah Joe, as much as I wanted him to get more minutes and think that he deserved an opportunity to get more minutes, he also didn't like grab the bull by the horns. So it's not like no. he like really earned it all the time. Um, although I think his defense is underrated um, and will continue to get better. How would you grade Maury? Coach Dickhead, obviously, you're giving a, a failing grade, but... Well, it's also weird you... with Doc because it's like they do seem to win like any like backs against the wall type games when they're under undermanned. It seems oh, like right. those kinds of pl- games, like it's like okay, the fact the fact that like just go out there and play, type thing t- tends to work when it's like allowing guys to play free, but sometimes playing free and especially against the Raptors, which we'll talk about in a bit, is like they're just gonna make you look like so foolish. Yeah, um, and sometimes they they do. Um, Maury, Maury, I thought was uh, another incomplete grade. You know, I think I think he's like. It's a for tough first, situation he was in. Well, for the yeah. first couple of years, for the first year, I guess he was he like kind of just hit like kept hitting singles, like drafting the guys that came to him and making like the kind of easy trades and not not really like winning a trade really, but just being like, yeah, this is what you have to do. You have to get you have to attach a first round pick to get off Al Horford. Seth, uh, Josh Richardson for Seth was, I think, a good trade, but also like Seth is still probably not playable in the playoffs. Um, and Josh Richardson had looked good at times, and it's part. I think I think it was a it was a win of a trade for sure, especially for the Sixers. But um, I think it, it wasn't as much of a win as sometimes people, as just like the prior Sixers circumstance made it seem like it because of how how weak they were in so many other areas. Um, on like an individual, like in a vacuum, one for one player, I think they're like pretty close. Um, and then and then he goes and like decides to hold on to Ben at, at, against the advice of a lot of people and, and seeming really stubborn and, and wanting to get his guy and wanting to get his guy and then he got him and and that's you know rare for an executive to have the that level of um, confidence in 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 like this is going to work out I believe in this working out I think it'll come to play eventually but the fact that it happened so late didn't allow him to then do other maneuvers that would have helped right. the team solidify it. So, well, um, and he, he might've missed out on the last great Harden season too, by, mm-hmm. you know, by it happening this season instead of last season as well. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, um, because Harden did look great prior to the, prior to the hamstring injury last year. He was, I mean, people, even with a fucked up situation in Houston, yeah. they were talking about MVP, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, um, I really think like, yes, he can't blow by people anymore and maybe in the future that he can. And we'll talk about, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the contract and the perspective contract in the off season plenty. Oh, we um, will. And we'll see how the playoffs go and see what like next gear he has at this point in his career. But, um, he's still really, really, really helpful on a basketball court with, with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Um, and can just like get a ton of guys shots all the time. And I don't, I don't love, as like the step back all the time, as much as he takes them, I, I wish he would take more off the catch. Um, the ISOs don't always work. And, and especially like foul hunting in the playoffs and in, in situations when you're like, just make the, just make the other play. I would, I would like it more, but he still like really gets guys open a lot and gets guys easy shots. Um, and he's, I don't think he's one of the top 10 players in basketball anymore, but he's still really, really helpful. And the fact that Maxie's as good as he is and that Embiid's as good as he is, 
makes hardened skill set really, really helpful as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, obviously they, I'm most of me, the, the non doc rivers part of me is hoping that they win the playoffs and can prove that like these three guys are a really nice fit together. Um, and can, and can, you know, go far, go deep into the playoffs, but it'd be nice if he was still that old, that old, the older version of the younger version of himself. But I still think he's really, really good just because of the other stuff he does on the basketball court. We'll talk about Thibel along with the Raptors series right after we talk about big Barker dog bets. I haven't seen my dog in eight days, which is crushing for me. We, my wife and I went to my brother's wedding and uh, congratulations to Sasha and my brother, Jason, by the way, if you ever ch- have a chance to go to an Indian wedding, you should do it. Fucking all they party, they go hard. Uh, but I, my dog has been with my in-laws and is there until Thursday. I miss Rebel, who sleeps on his big Barker right next to our bed. That's right, a real bed right next to a real bed. Big Barker is the only real dog bed for sale. The only real dog bed on the market. The only dog bed that is proven by a study by Penn Vet to actually make a difference in your dog's health. The support that the Big Barker dog bed gives your dog actually makes a difference in health. PenVet study showed a 17% improve in joint function, a 21% improvement reduction in in pain severity, a 15% improvement to quality of life, all because it's a real bed that your dog sleeps on. Dog sleeps a lot, needs a real bed. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky is where you go to get your Big Barker dog bed with the process pup patches. You send us a picture of the dog on the bed with the patches on it. We'll put them in the process pup gallery, throw them up on social media. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. And it was originally designed for Eric, who owns Big Barker, his dog, Hank. Rest in peace, Hank. Um, Hank was a big dog. Couldn't find bed for him. But now Big Barker's made for all size dogs, from the Barker Jr. to the XL. The XL, you're human, you could fit on the XL. It is uh, got a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial will give you a full refund plus shipping if you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it. And it's handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Ruff, ruff. I want to go through. What, I, I got, I'm, I'm go not done with Bebo Paul. I'm still, oh, shit. I can't oh, stop talk, thinking about Doc. Okay. Here's the the Eastern Conference playoffs. Miami's the one seed. Uh-huh. There are no big fives on Miami. Nope. Nope. Bam is not a big traditional five. Boston. Nope. No big five. Robert Williams can defend the perimeter. Al Horford can shoot on the perimeter. Not a DeAndre location. The Bucks. maybe you'd say Brooke Lopez is a big five. He's certainly big and he's certainly a five. But he also shoots from the outside. Most of his shots, I think like almost half of his shots are from three. So you don't want DeAndre Jordan out there. Fucking lugging nope. his big ass around to the three. Uh, then you have Toronto. Obviously, nobody there. Chris Boucher would just would just. I'm just imagining how often DeAndre would even oh. like look at Chris Boucher to to contest a three. The, the only question is whether Chris Boucher has 11 threes in the first half on Saturday yeah. or on in game two because it's going to yeah. happen for sure. Yeah, Chicago, maybe Tony Bradley. Sure, you want to play him against Tony Bradley a little bit. Fine, uh, Brooklyn. I mean, obviously Vucevic is a is a can go down low, but he obviously shoots way better. Uh, Brooklyn, no. I mean, Andre Drummond, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yep. Do it. Play him against Andre Drummond. Great. Cleveland, no. Atlanta, Capella. But again, DeAndre, Capella's moving and tra- like it's DeAndre Char- Jordan Charlotte. versus uh, yeah Andre Drummond. <laughs> PJ Washington, yeah, exactly. So it's just like the the other thing is that I want to make a point on on how wrong Doc was is. The idea that we don't want to be on our front foot right. with the strategy. We're not strategy. the ones determining. The, we're not yeah, the other team gets adjust. to determine who they play, and then we just have to react to them. We don't want to say, oh, the idea that, say, as an example, random player, Cody Zeller. The idea that Cody Zeller is a little lumbering at this point in his career, and if they're, if he's the backup center, then we'll go like, oh, great, we'll play we'll play. DeAndre Jordan against Cody Zeller because that's more of a that's more of a fit, but it's like, well, why don't we just take advantage of him with B-ball Paul? It's it's like Doc thinks the other team has Joel Embiid, yeah. all the time, you know. And there's nothing we can do. We have to we have to do this. And it's just it's just insane that he refu- he he wants to show his ass so often, just because he doesn't want to admit that this guy 
is good just because he's like a little bit weird. I'm telling you, it's just, it's, he's anti-weird. Doc is anti-weird. Bebo Paul is too weird. And, I, and like part of me, the like, the like respect for coaches part of me wants to be, and respect for kind of, I, I, there's part of me anytime anyone says something really, truly dumb where I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and go like, maybe it's a scheme. <laughs> maybe he's like trying to fool people into thinking he's really that dumb. But people are usually just that dumb, man. People yeah. are usually that dumb. Nobody, no, people are he's rarely... He's not a double agent. He's not like do, a stupid double doing agent. Doing spy shit as much as like part of my brain <laughs> wants them to be. So it's not, it's not the case. But man, like if he plays... If he plays under, if he plays Andrew Jordan for a minute in the playoffs, I'm. That's not garbage time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. So the Sixers play the Raptors. They do have home court advantage, but they'll be without Matisse Thybul for the games in Toronto, as as was speculated on this podcast. I'm actually pretty proud of my Sherlock Holmesian. Um, in investigating to figure out that it yeah. was Thibel. Uh, Thibel. I has, wonder if that means that Bassey is not, or the, if Bassey is, but no, I think I've definitely heard that he is not vaccinated. But Yeah, and they, they sent him to the G League for the Raptors that, game, so, so we don't game. know. Yeah. Uh, so Thibel, Thibel only but he has a hurt sh- right shoulder anyway, right. so he and might they, be out for the series. Yeah, they, they said reevaluated in, in two weeks, right, or something. Which like we that. love. Yep. So Thibel... Only got one shot. He did a press availability about it, or he did it after after the game. I I don't know what people. I don't want to like belabor this. It sucks that he can't play. Yeah, be all end all. I don't know what people wanted him to say. I actually thought he answered the questions pretty honestly, and I, like I don't. People were like, "Well, it's bizarre the decision he made." I I don't know. I I thought he was like pretty forthright and honest about the whole thing you could agree or disagree i think overall for the sixers it blows to not have a a guy who's been a starter for most of the season for three games against a tough opponent when he's pretty much the only guy who can I, he's obviously got his issues on the court but the only guy who can do what he can do and they just don't have the depth at wing to lose a wing who plays as much as he does and just no i mean it, it was it was very it was very bizarre like he didn't when the Toronto game happened in the regular season, like a week or two ago, whatever, he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't have no press availability, no tweets, no Instagram, no vlog, like didn't do it. And then he just started playing in those other games. And then he finally speaks and it's like, okay, let's see what he has to say. And his logic, it was like the answer of like, what did people want him to say? I think people want him to say like, I'm a, I'm uh, my bad. Like, I was dumb. Yeah. Like, I think people want him to say, like, which, like, I want him to say that. I want him to say, like, you know, he's Matisse. Like, he's a little bit of a doofus. Like, that's kind of his uh, charm. So he, I could have believed he would have been like, oh, shit. The vaccine, I forgot. I forgot. Oh, right. my God. Yeah. I knew it. And I kept meaning to, but I just didn't. So, like, the idea that he's, like, he wanted, he made, like, a, a point of saying, I'm not anti-vax. And I think that gets thrown around a lot. And I just made the decision for me. Like, there was... It wasn't like I'm against it. It just didn't seem to have the benefits for me. And it's like, I could hear how he seems like rational saying it, but like the benefits is that if you're really not that against it, the benefits is you get to play in the, in the Raptors series in right. the playoffs. If for, if for nothing else, you, if you for get nothing to, else, you get to play for your team. Right. And now like, that's why I think it's kind of bullshit. Cause he wanted to come off likable and still himself. But like, Dude, this is like a, an incredibly serious decision. And for you to be like kind of waffling on it where you're like, ah, I got one shot. And then I heard that like the shots, one shot wasn't actually like super, like per, 100% effective. That one shot wouldn't do it. Like who the fuck was saying that one shot was going to do it 100% of the time? Like no one was. So I, I think he's just probably an idiot. I think he grew up in a house that has like, like, yeah, the idea that you can have some alternative medicine, like that's fine. You can have that. But also... You should get the thing that is like a life-saving vaccine that you could help other people. And especially if you already got one shot of it, bro, like just get the other one and then you can play in the playoffs. And like for him to let his teammates down, like if I, and especially like fucking Harden left Kyrie for at least probably not all of this, but like at least part of it. And like, if I'm, if I'm Matisse's teammate, I'm like, you better feel fucking strong about this. You better feel like life and death about this. Like I, I don't respect, you know, at least this part of Kyrie for his stance about this like i think he's obviously wrong and i think he's swimming with a bunch of like 
people that are not operating in good faith. But like, at least Kyrie like really believes this shit. But he and Matisse seemed to be that. like, he's keen to be like, I don't know, it just didn't seem that beneficial to me. I didn't see really any of the benefits. Like the benefits is that you're not playing in the playoffs now. And like, that's what your right. like, kind of whole life has been working towards. And for you to waffle on this and get one shot of Pfizer, just like, I don't know, man. I think he's just, a, I, 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 I obviously was very charmed by him and I really like his game. But like, this is, this is such loser shit. Like it's such, there's always such, there's always stuff like hanging around the Sixers and it's just like such loser shit. Like just get the fucking vaccine, especially when it was, seeming like this could have been a possibility like three weeks ago and then to just like go on go to the media and, and be like here's my like measured take about this but like your actions is not a measured action like your take can be measured but your action is i'm choosing to not get a vaccine the second ha- half of a vaccine that will would have prevented well, me from not playing in the playoffs and that's well, just like that's an extreme thing to do that is an extreme thing to do what, and what i would what I would say is I, I think by and large, like I, I think we're over medicated as like a, 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 a people in the United States. Like I, I, I think there are a lot of things that people could do to be healthier that would, um, that we try to solve with pills all the time. And I, I think that end of it, um, you know, like when you're, people don't look at what they eat and they don't look at their sleep and they don't look at all those things. And I think those things are super, super important. So that part of his, um, his like belief system, I agree with. And I also like understand you get raised a certain way and that's how you think and, and so on and so forth. We're all guilty of, um, of being who we are because of how we were raised. All that said, the things that I imagine that he takes cortisone shots in the elbow he fucking and takes, I'm, I'm sure he's and, not like grilling the th- the like trainers and doctors and saying right, like about, show like, me show me the science that. like yeah. give me a lab coat and let me like go in there and like look at everything like i bet you're fucking not dude yeah. you just like read the you, you went down a fucking youtube hole and were like actually and and you're and whatever bias you had from growing up you're like actually i don't think it's i don't see the benefit like it's just he's not playing in the playoff game because of like this opinion he has so it's an extremely extreme opinion and I, I, I find it like as a teammate, I find it like, yes, just, I find it almost as despicable as the stuff that like Ben Simmons not showing up. It's like, you're not going to be that in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I mean, and because of this, like this, this bad opinion, like you have a bad opinion, like Ben Simmons had a bad opinion and he didn't play in the playoff and then didn't play the regular season. Matisse had a bad opinion. Now he's missing like critical playoff games in a series that like is going to be close. And it hurts the team and it, it like, yeah, I, I wonder what the reaction in the clubhouse is like. Maybe they're like, ah, you would have missed all your shots anyway. Um, and, you know, who knows how that affects him. But it does. I, the thing that I agree the most with you about is he he does seem on the fence about the whole thing. Yeah. Which makes the decision stranger. You know, yeah. like Kyrie was never going to get fucking vaccinated. Never. He would have like, I don't think he would have played for three years if he had to. Um, but but Matisse is like, well. Yeah. Um, so actually, okay. So this fucking we'll, team, man, this fucking yeah, team, no, it's always something before we get it's to always the Raptors, several things. <laughs> it's always an abundance of things. <laughs> LL Pavorsky jewelers is where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Love LL LL. Do you know how, if LL had the opportunity, if he was on the Sixers and they were like, Hey, um, to play in this series, you have to get 75 uh, shots of the COVID vaccine all in your neck. LL for the team would do it. Great I neck. That's fair to say. LL Pavorsky, the uh, first sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast and has helped numerous podcast listeners and one podcast host with engagement rings. Over 260 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have gone to LL for engagement rings. What I can say about LL is honest. You go there, there's not going to be any stress, not going to be all fucking on you like most jewelry stores are. It stores are, it's not intimidating. And he's a good person. He's going to take care of you. So you're going to get the right price, going to get great product, great jewelry, and the whole process of it is going to be great. He is a, a lovely, lovely man. And um, that's why he's been in business so long, over 30 years, right there at 707 Walnut. If you want to get an engagement ring from Lee, springtime's good engagement weather. Go to, uh, send him an email, lee at llpavorsky.com. Give him a call, 215-627-2252. You always want to get an appointment before you buy the engagement ring or tweet at him at llpavorsky, also a generous 
generous supporter of our sponsors, Providence Animal Center and uh, coded by kids, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. <laughs> I'm going to sing. <laughs> it's a one shining diamond. <laughs> so the Raptors, uh, Sixers Raptors, Sixers go into the series as minus 185 favorites at DraftKings, which is much more sided toward the Sixers than I figured. I was talking to MOC. I guessed minus 150. He guessed minus 125. Raptors finish three games behind the Sixers in the fifth seed. With After the first month and a half of the season, it looked like the Raptors might not even make the playoffs and have really turned into a very Raptors-y team yep. with a, a top 10 defense, uh, the 15th best offense in the NFL, but in the NBA, rather. And not a particularly deep team, but like a super switchable, frisky, um, just they're going to be, they're going to make fucking Harden and Embiid look really, really bad at times. You know, mm -hmm. like they will, as, as much, as far as Embiid has come with passing out of double teams, the the double teams from the Raptors seem like they come out of nowhere. Like they're, they're quick and they come from places you're not looking for. And... Yeah. And as far as like Harden getting switches on the perimeter, just like all of these fucking guys can stay in front of him. Van Fleet can, uh, Siakam mm -hmm. can, Trent can, Ananobi can, Barnes can, uh, Achua can. Like they are a just, they're like the Canadian Celtics a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I think the Sixers will win this series, but I think the Raptors have it have a the ability to make this series really really frightening is yeah i think i think it's going to be a, a nightmare series um i don't think the raptors particularly wanted to face the sixers either i don't i don't i think they probably thought they could match up better against some of the other teams in this area um because they don't have anybody that can match up with Embiid like one-on-one -on -one. um they're just really long and good at at sending doubles and sending doubles from from different spaces and uh Nick Nurse is obviously a way better coach than Doc. I will say um, thank you, Shams, for posting an article saying that the Lakers have Nick Nurse high on their yeah uh, on their coaching uh, wish list. If you were so Nick Nurse, why would you ever fucking do that? Why, why would you ever fucking do that? But also, like, I'll take if there's like 1% strife and thoughts that he's going to yeah. go, then like, I'll take that in the locker room. It's good to have somebody else's locker room burning down for once. Um, <laughs> And and Bill Plaschke saying that the Lakers need Doc and want to go get him, and it's like that would actually help the Sixers locker room. So I think any coaching carousel stuff can only help the Sixers. Man, um, I would love if they take Doc and then we could get Nick Nurse. Fine, great, huge win. Yeah, anything. The um, yeah, I will say not only are they really good at sending switches, is that they just like as a team hustle so much more than the Sixers do. Scotty Barnes really sets the tone on that as a rookie. Like he just, he's so is good all over the fucking place. Yeah. And they're going to get so many offensive rebounds and every single loose ball. And they're going to get easy buckets in transition because like somebody's not going to get back and there's going to be just guys looking at each other because they capitalize on mistakes so quickly. I, I, I think there's a real, I might bet the Raptors in the series. I think the Sixers are Ooh. better just because of how good Embiid is. And I, I do believe in a Harden next, uh, next gear. And obviously, Maxi with the ball in his hands. He's been hitting such tough shots lately. Like, I'm just, I love Tyrese Maxi, man. He's the best. Like, he, the, the Sixers didn't have anybody who could like dribble and shoot like in at all, almost either or. And now the fact that he can dribble and shoot into like a contested floater going the opposite way, like, He's just the man. I, I really got adore that kid. Um, but I think the Sixers' depth is bad, especially without Matisse there. They're not going to be able to cover anybody or get to any loose ball. I could see Tobias just getting roasted by Scotty Barnes over and over again. Um, the hope is, at least in home games in Philly, Matisse swallows up Van Vliet enough um, so that it has to be Siakam that creates a lot of their offense. And Embiid locks in on Siakam, which he didn't the other game. Siakam was very, very good, and Embiid bid on a couple things. But like that's that's the matchup I would like to see is is Embiid covering Siakam, and and probably that means Tobias on on Scotty, and 
maybe like a Harden on Ananobi or something. But it's a uh, it's a tough it's a tough. I mean, and then Tyrese on Gary Trent, who's going to hit everything. Um, it's a tough. They're a tough ass team. They they play really really physical and they play tough. And there's there's aside from Embiid, nobody's got a good matchup. So um, I think the hope is it's a dogfight and the Sixers can score a little bit more than they can. Um, the Sixers have the best player in the series, and yeah. and really the Raptors don't have any one in particular player who can match up with him. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Like you just hope that that is enough to mm-hmm. get him through. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a a, a brutal series, like yeah. a brutal series. And especially if like if Chris Boucher is hitting shots, if Precious Achua is hitting shots, which like suddenly he has and became like an excellent shooter, which came out of nowhere. Um, Gary Trent's very hot and cold. Like he could score 41 game and he could score like six the next. Um, and I know he's been dealing with some injuries, but they're really good. They're really good. They're well coached. They believe in each other. They play their asses off. Van Vliet hits ballsy shots all the time. I'm sure Van, I don't know if Van Vliet thinks about this, but like in the Sixers Raptors series a few years ago, um, <laughs> Doc will three. remember it as ones is the one that um, the Sixers didn't have a backup center. And, the, and that's why they lost uh, because in the like, <laughs> three minutes that Embiid sat per game the Sixers lost by 20 points in each of those in each of those games um Van Vliet was bad in that series he did nothing he was really I think really he bad. made one three it was all Kawhi. he was horrendous um and so the fact it was really all Kawhi and then and then Van Vliet the, the next two series into the championship then like became like a folk hero um but I'm sure Embiid thinks I need to get revenge on this team. I'm sure he takes the Maasai, a Maasai team seriously as a guy that was discovered at a Maasai camp uh, in Africa. Um, and it's just like, it's going to be on Embiid. Like, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's uh, in some sense, it's going to be, who are the Sixers going to hit enough shots to make the Raptors pay for all of their doubling and switching and throwing guys everywhere? Um, and are they, and if they don't, if the Sixers miss a bunch of shots, if Danny starts the series like one for nine from three and Tobias is passing up shit and Hart's not shooting off the catch and maybe Maxi goes a little bit cold, is Embiid going to keep passing to them? And that's a, that's a concern of mine is that will people, will Tobias revert back to his old version of himself? Will Embiid revert back to the guy that doesn't really want to pass to the shooters that he doesn't really trust? Um, and so we'll, we'll find out. I, I think it'll probably go seven. Um, and in a game seven, I might have to go with the better coach. So I might, I might just say, I think Raptors in seven probably. Um, but it's, it's because of the six. Is that lack your of depth, official pick? Is, I mean, we'll talk before the season starts. Are you saying Raptors in seven? I think so. I think probably. Yeah. I'm really, Doc fucking sucks, man. I'm really pissed. I'm really pissed off at him. Danny has been pretty good the last like couple weeks. He didn't really, he, he didn't do anything in the, in the last game, but like, he had like six Stunning threes moment. or something in that game, yeah. but uh, he's and he's and he's been helpful defensively. Like it seems like he's starting to pick back up a little bit. But if that hamstring even gets a little quiver, his ass is done. And then it's like Isaiah Joe or Charlie Brown like covering people. Like are we putting those guys in? I don't know. So it's they're they're just significantly shorthanded and and we know that this, the Sixers are going to have to do a lot of shit in the off season to to. Like solidify a wing rotation and get guys that can do more than just one thing, so they're they're not as uh, susceptible to to a team like the Raptors. But I think they're playing with more togetherness. As good as Embiid is, I think the Raptors are are going to just like make sure that bodies are sent at him all the time. I think, yeah, I think I'm picking. I, you know, Matisse Matisse not being there in Toronto is going to hurt, and. You know, one imagine one imagine Van Vliet going for like thirty eight. Yeah, when like Maxi is biting on some stuff. Although I think he's he's started to stop biting on on things because he knows guys are are getting him to do that. And uh, Harden gets switched onto him and he stops he stops like moving his feet and stuff. And then and then it's just Matisse sitting at home being like, I wonder if I should have gotten that second shot. <laughs> so. And Doc just, I hope Doc fights Derek. <laughs> I, I, if the Sixers lose, I would love for Doc to fight Derek. Now that well, Derek's hot, I would take Derek. The question is, if if he gets to a game seven, is Doc even there or is he already interviewing for the Lakers <laughs> job? 
there's a there's a uh, an article in the L.A. Times right now about how Doc Rivers is the only choice to replace Frank Vogel. Yeah, that's that's the Bill Plasky article I, I uh, referenced okay. earlier. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, go for it. Well, and go on it, one mailbag question, this is from Don. Hello, team. I just want Elton. One oh. second. I just want Elton and uh, Elton and uh, Daryl to just show up at Doc's house or hotel room or whatever it is with just like baseball bats and be like b-ball paul or we come back <laughs> you want like threaten? i want threats i want absolute threats elton and daryl showing up and being like N- enough of this enough of this i love how daryl said that I, I made too big a deal out of backup centers and we've at the end of the season so I haven't said anything else. I haven't said anything else in a month. <laughs> Don't you tell us what to fucking care about, motherfucker. We've been here 10 years doing this fucking thing. And you're going, oh. I'm begging them to watch the previous Raptor series. Just the minutes that Embiid's in on the court. It's unbelievable. The <laughs> uh, final mailbag, final, final thing before we get going from Don. Hello, Team Ricky. Let, let me get right to the point. If Joel doesn't get MVP, it will be for no other reason than the writers and the haters of the process lashing out because they would fully realize that we were right and they were wrong. Make no mistake, if Joel doesn't get this um, this well-deserved award, we need to mo- mobilize and respond in kind. Now, I realize the pod has grown and Mike has become a big-time Hollywood writer and producer and Spike has gone to the Big Apple and responding seems beneath us. I assure you, this point is wrong. We need to be ready because they have declared war on our fan base. I also believe this will motivate Joel as nothing ever before has. Thanks for reading, awaiting further directions and strategy for what is surely to come. I'm, I am, I'm not only angry that he's not going to win, but I'm angry that it seems like it's going to be a blowout. And I just feel like it's, it's you such can, bullshit. Yeah, Come on. I feel like you can explain it real, real easily by saying that Joel Embiid is one of the two best defensive centers in the NBA. It's the most defensive, the most important position on defense on the team. And he also led the league in scoring and his team was also better. And like, and also it would be fair considering that Jokic won last year. And he carried a team that was in unprecedented turmoil because one of the young max contract players decided not to show up. And they're coached by a massive fuckface. We can't <laughs> rule that out of how much that impacts things. I, it's just like, and it's, oh man, people just really trying to make, like, they're, they're really diving into the stats and all the, and all the information. And we're looking at the footage and shit. Jokic is an incredible player. And he won MVP last year. And to give him MVP this year indicates that he got worlds better in a way that other players just haven't. And you just have to consider that context. And he just, he's the same player he is last year with less guys on the, fewer guys on the team that are taking up possessions. He's great. He's an elite player. Nothing against Nicole Jokic. People that are saying negative things about Jokic as a player, it's, I'm, I have nothing but positive things about it, to say about him. But it's, this is, it's Embiid's that. turn. He doesn't deserve two in a row. Like if nobody else was good, if everybody was clearly like, if it was Jokic or like, Devin Booker, which is like, he had a good year, he had a great year, he's on one of the best teams, but like statistically just didn't match up. It was, that's more of a team win. Then it's like, okay, you give it to him. He had, a, he had an unbelievable year. But Embiid and Giannis and Jokic all had the same, almost the same exact elite player year and for a big guy. And everyone is just like, they think that there's an answer. They think that if they look at the right combination of stats, there's the right answer. And there's just not. There just isn't. It's all here's, the same. Here's the deal. If you vote, if you didn't vote for Embiid, I'm going to name everyone on the podcast and talk about your physical imperfections. So I'm going to look at pictures of you if you didn't vote for Embiid, and I'm going to say your name on the podcast. I'm going to talk about your physical imperfections. Show us just your dick, Kevin O'Connor. Reveal <laughs> it to us as penance. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Well, playoffs start yourselves. in a week. What, Saturday? Just give it to him. People were so mean. For, he missed the first two seasons of his career. Yep. 
his fucking on 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 a day that like a hit piece came out, his brother died. Like what do he is a delightful presence. Guy, he's the man. Like Jokic is has so many wonderful qualities, and he's already been MVP. I just don't understand why people are like as if like they're they're fucking finding the holy grail. And inside the Holy Grail is the answer of who should be the MVP. When really it's just like, just fucking pick one. Pick the guy that hasn't won one. What are we doing? Calm down. I have to take the trash out. I just got an alarm. This is bullshit. I'd like to make a, a thank you to the uh, Drew Hanlon. I do like the campaigning he's been doing and calling out writers directly on Twitter. I like. Unfortunately, I am unable to see the campaigning because I oh, am did he block you? blocked by Drew Hanlon. <laughs> I am royally blocked. I don't know that I'm blocked by anybody else. I think it might only be Drew Hanlon. Look, I was going through some stuff. The Markel Fultz thing really just was pretty, it was a tough time. We've had, we, it was a tonnage of things, Drew. Not that I need to see his tweets. I don't really care. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, at the time he deserved it. Maybe now, maybe I take back a couple things. Who knows? If you don't fuck with me. <laughs> Who knows? Who gives a shit? He's fine. We'll talk to you soon. That's it. Then I won't talk with you. TTP. Yeah. You know Lickface. Playing, baby. Let's go. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. With you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing me.